Hello and welcome to another episode of Movies That Make Us. I'm Jake. I'm Tracy. And, and I'm Val. Val maybe. Oh, there we go. There we go. <laughs> and we have a very special <laughs> guest with us, Marshall from the Utah Film Commission. Marshall Moore, welcome so much to the formally, show. Formerly of the Utah Film Commission. I, I work at Utah Film Studios yes, now. Formally. Yeah, I, yes, formally. I was at Utah formally. Film Commission for, for 10 years. Okay. Utah yeah. Film Studios now. Yes. Utah Film Studios. All right. Well, welcome, Marshall. We are so glad to have you here. And this this is a big episode for us um, because this has been the number one requested movie, I think, from listeners of the show. All 10 of them. They've requested this. No, just kidding. We've got more but they have requested this movie more than any other movie, and it's The Sandlot, which I think is just such a huge favorite here uh, where we're from in Salt Lake. Um, just a super popular movie, and we thought when we're doing sports movie month, this was one that we absolutely had to cover. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Utah, it could really be like our state movie. If if our state had a state movie, I think it could be The Sandlot. Is there somebody we can write a letter to to like make this an official thing? Yeah, I mean, with everything going on right now, we definitely need to pick a state movie for Utah because there's nothing else really <laughs> that we're doing anything else going Listen, on. Listen, we I need to have some fun. Priorities. <laughs> I agree. I think this is unofficially probably the state movie of Utah for sure. I think so. And, and Marshall Val says, you know, this movie better than anybody else out there. Would you agree with that? Well, I have to say that, you know, I, and most people think that I, I worked on it. It's so funny. I came like six months after it was made. I came here to work on a mini series called the stand and it actually was released while I was here in Utah. And I took my little kids to see it. And we fell in love with it immediately. And of course, then we found out it was, of course, filmed in Utah. And then we're chasing around trying to find the Sandlot and at a drugstore in Midvale. <laughs> and, and just, uh, you know, already, like in the first you know, week that it was open, yeah, we were we were so in love with that movie. So to call it the, the, the state movie of Utah, I think, is very appropriate. Yeah. Now, I feel like... I feel like you know more about it because I feel like over the last like 15 years, every two years, you're doing a Sandlot anniversary event here because I'll have the cast like on my radio show. I've met them several times. We wanted to do a big thing with the cast out on the Sandlot with you, but COVID happened. And so we're kind of doing this instead. Um, but I feel like because you've met the cast numerous times, you know you know them, you know about the movie, you've met all the fans here in Utah because, I mean, I feel like you've gone on tour with them, really. Well, I mean, <laughs> I can explain what, what happened here, but yeah, it's every five years, so we do, we do, like, we did the 20th <laughs> anniversary and the 25th, uh, and then, of course, we're gonna, we're gonna shoot to do the, the 30th in, uh, in, I believe, 2023, so you'll be interviewing them yep. again. Hopefully, they all will be there. Hint, hint, we'd love to get Mike Vitar, who played Benny. He has not come to any, really, of the reunions. Uh, so we'd love to have him him available. But what happened? I, can I tell you the story about how these reunions and uh, these anniversaries came to be? Please. Okay. Yes, please. Yeah, so uh, when I worked at the Film Commission, uh, we sponsored a series of movies on the, on the state capitol lawn, on the west, west lawn there, called Movie the End of the Stars. 
And uh, we, we always tried to sponsor movies that were made in Utah to be shown free to anybody who showed up and watched these things. So The Sandlot uh, was, of course, one of the movies we chose in our first year of, of screening those movies. So when I was up on stage uh, introducing the movie and talking about its history, uh, there was a reporter in the audience, unbeknownst to me, who was taking notes on everything I said. And one of the things I said was that, wouldn't it be great to take this big movie screen I'm standing in front of and put it in the sandlot, the actual filming location where the movie was made and show the movie there and have like a reunion and you can sit on, you know, in the, in the infield where, where they all played and we'll show the movie where it was filmed. And uh, the reporter, Bill Orem of the Salt Lake uh, Tribune, I think at the time, he's since moved to California and covers the Lakers. Um, but he took note of that, wrote an article and that article was picked up by members of the Glendale Community Council, where the Sandlot actually is. And they reached out to, to the film commission offices and said, if you're going to do that, we want to support you and help you uh, to achieve, you know, to achieve this. So for two years, we worked closely with the Glendale Community Council and the city of Salt Lake to do the, the very first reunion where we brought the cast back, um, you know, for the 20th uh, anniversary. Wow. That's really that, cool. That's a great story. Um, and what an awesome way to celebrate the movie and to keep it in everybody's uh, memories. I mean, I think it's one that just by itself, because of the story and because of the lines and the dialogue and the characters, it kind of remains there in your consciousness anyway. Um, but I love being able to celebrate it um, and being able to go to the, the sites from the movie here locally. It's, it's kind of a, it's a really neat thing. Tracy, oh. things that people love to do is visit movie locations. Mm -hmm. We had so many requests when I worked at the film commission to, to know where the Sandlot was and to know where Vincent Drugs was and, and where the swimming pool, that we actually made an itinerary, an agenda, uh, if you will, to go see these places with addresses and everything because so many people were just contacting our office and wanted to know. <laughs> so I said, hey, I'll email this to you and you can just go follow the trail now. We wouldn't give out homes, people's private addresses. We don't right. really, we don't really right. do that. They have to figure that out. But like for the businesses like Vincent Drugs or the Sandlot, the Sandlot's kind of tough to see from the street because it's surrounded by houses. You can see that in the movie that it's kind of nestled in the middle of these houses on the back side of these houses. So there's one spot on the south side that you can actually see through the fence onto the field. And it look, it right now it just looks like a field of weeds. But every time we do the anniversary, we get in there with a team of volunteers. We mark out the base paths just like it was. We don't rebuild the treehouse because that was a set. I don't know if you all know that. But the treehouse and the, and the large tree out in the outfield were all uh, set pieces brought in for that. And the backyards of like Mr. Myrtle, for example, that was a set as well. So none of that is there. But we, we do rebuild the dugout every year, too. The little, uh, nice. the little shanty, you know, that they got the oh, wow. shade from. The That's magic neat. of movies. See, and it, <laughs> it, is, it is really neat, though, to go and see those kinds of things. Um, I had an experience once with, with my dad uh, on a different baseball field from a different baseball movie as we were driving out. Uh, to watch University of Utah play Notre Dame, we thought we'll just take a little side trip and go up and see the field from the Field of Dreams. 
and there's just something magical about my dad and I, we set, set foot on the field. We threw the ball around for a little bit. I'm like, I'm having a catch with my dad on the field. And you just connect with those moments in those movies. And so being able to connect with those those sites and, and what great work you're doing, Marshall, by, by rebuilding the, the dugout and all of that so that people can experience kind of what it was like in the movie. And that's a, a neat thing. Well, one year, the first year, we rebuilt the backstop too. But then we didn't have the resources to do it the last time around. So we actually... We took a picture uh, uh, off the internet of, of the actual backstop and blew it up and, and put it there behind, uh, you know, on a big canvas. And, and there. But I'm hoping to rebuild it again. But that was quite an undertaking because those, those pole, you know, the, the backstop posts were like, you know, 15, 20 feet high and chicken oh, wow. wire and all that. And then we, you know, painted everything to match. We kind of last time didn't, didn't have the people available to do that detailed work. So we were just able to build, rebuild the rebuild the dugout. But the main thing is getting the cast there. I mean, that's the, mm-hmm. that's the big thing. Uh, that's what everybody wants to see. Right. Uh, and, and we create the ambiance, but the cast uh, there in person, uh, we do a Q&A with them, and they interact with the audience, and they actually sign autographs during the entire duration of the movie. We play the movie, you know, after it gets dark. And, and uh, so... You know, that's that's part of the draw is, is being able to meet them and, and get an autograph from them in that line. Hours and hours, thousands of signatures. I mean, they were just, uh, they, they, they were tough. They hung in there in the hot July and August heat uh, to, to take care of everybody that wanted an autograph. Well, that's awesome. That's so cool. They're so personable too when they, because they've got to visit a ton of people every time they come through. I've met them a couple times and they're just super down to earth. Like they understand why this movie means so much to people. You know, I mean, they've been doing this 25 years, you know, going around and meeting people. And like they were kids, they were just these kids that got to do this movie that now is a movie that means so much to us kids now that we're grown up and then we share it with our kids, it is one of those movies that really lasts. You know, you can go back and watch certain movies from around the same time and it just, it doesn't look as great. It doesn't quite last as long. And I feel you like you can go back and watch this movie and it is like a period piece. So I think that helps too, but it was just made so well and everybody can relate to at least one or two of those kids as either themselves or someone that they were friends with or are friends with. It's so relatable. Um, and it just stands the test of time. It, that doesn't happen very often. Yep. We're on second and probably third generations of families watching this, uh, this movie together. I mean, I know my, my grandkids are now, uh, are now watching it. Um, they're, you know, the oldest is uh, six, and uh, you know, my son is now introducing his family to it, and they are embracing it and watching it over and over again. So you're right; it's it's sort of it's sort of timeless because really, it's about the characters. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, it is about baseball, but the the characters and the writing and the one-liners and or everything so <laughs> memorable, and the music. I mean, the music. I mean, yeah. When, when we do these reunions, we play the soundtrack like when people are coming in we play the entire soundtrack uh from the sandlot you know until we start the event um last year well not last year but in 2018 when we did the 25th we actually had ryan innes uh you guys know him 
yeah. the singer Ryan is. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He sang uh, America the Beautiful as part yeah. of our uh, opening uh, you know, of the event. So we try wow. to create an ambiance to set the stage for, um, you know, this iconic, uh, iconic movie. So yeah. cool. All right, Tracy, what's your favorite quote from the movie, Tracy, Mr. Quote Person? (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Quote Person. I really like like Squint, so I like the, it's about time, Benny, my clothes are going out of style. (laughs) I I think Squint has a ton of great lines. Uh, I mean, that's, that's a great one. Um, I mean, anytime he's explaining anything to Smalls, I mean, it is just so condescending and just so perfect. But it's in a like it, it's in a good natured way. Um, but yeah, I, I love Squints. He's a great character. Great, great choice. And, and the and the move he pulls on the lifeguard is incredible. I mean, that, that, yeah. uh, my, my well, favorite is also Squints uh, when he says, "If you were thinking, you wouldn't have thought that." You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know that sounds like something my dad would say. <laughs> but there's just so many adult-like lines in there that come out of these kids' mouths, and and that's what's uh, so great about it too. You know, and I just love how like this is the neighborhood that everybody wanted to live in. Like when we grew up, we could jump on our bikes and go out for Mm -hmm. hours before our parents would see us. I mean, they wanted us to do that. They're like, go away. We've got things to do. Go play, go do things. And we would, we'd get on our bikes, we'd go to the park, you know, and we'd figure out stuff to do. And I just think like kids are watching it now and it's almost like make-believe because they're, this isn't really mm-hmm. the life of like an 11 year old anymore. Like it, it's just not something that I see happen very often. Uh, yeah, that, I, that was my, I mean, literally that was my life guys. I grew up in Los Angeles uh, and uh, I was born in 1962. I, uh, played sandlot baseball wherever we could find a field so that's why that movie was near and dear you know we we couldn't even hit ground balls in the fields i played in you know it all had <laughs> fly balls and it, was a, it was a ground ball it would disappear in the weeds or hit you in the face because it hit a rock uh, but, uh, yeah that's kind of that's why that movie's so close to me too because i had a group of guys that i hung out with and all we would do all day long is try to find places to play baseball we didn't have a set place like like the Sandlot. We right. went to multiple multiple places uh, in in the in the neighborhood that we lived in. Yeah, I I think that there's a lot that's true to life in this in this movie, um, and I think that um, one of the things that I love is like Benny, for example, who is like the coolest kid on the block. But what makes him so cool is the fact that like he doesn't act like he's the coolest kid on the block. Right. I mean, going out, reaching out to smalls, having him come to the sandlot. And when they realize this kid knows nothing about baseball, I mean, when he showed up with his plastic glove, like what he's doing. and that moment when he says, okay, just put your glove out up there and just hold it up and, and I'll take care of the rest. And he just hits it right to him. And like, that's what gets him kind of in with the team and with the group. Like he didn't have to do that. Yeah. But he saw this kid who was new to the neighborhood and wanted to make him feel welcome. And I think that's really cool. And I love his character uh, because of stuff like that. It really is. I mean, that scene is magical. But also uh, the, the, the relationship, the, 
the reaching out, the the other guys are like, no, we don't want that guy. And Benny's like, no, I'm not listening to you guys. Uh, we need him. We want him. He's going to, he's going to join us. And he didn't, and he, he didn't back down from that. And uh, it, it always um, touches my heart. Yeah. And, and you get the impression that like all of them on the team at some point or another were kind of in the same boat as Smalls, right? Like Benny kind of gathered this group of misfit toys mm-hmm. playing baseball. I mean, <laughs> Squints and Ham and like these these were not the popular kids in school, but he brought them all together. And so I think it's funny because when you get in a group, you kind of forget that like, oh, I used to be an outsider too, but Benny remembers and he, he keeps them all together and reminds them like, no, this kid's, he's one of us because he doesn't fit in with anybody else. So he's got to be one of us. <laughs> For me, it was what's over the fence. Like when I was younger, Uh you know, everybody has that one yard in the neighborhood that you don't dare to go into. Right. (laughs) Like if your Frisbee or your ball or whatever goes over to the fence on that side, you know, you're not going to get it back. Like who's going to dare to go get it back from that house. And I feel like that was such a thing for kids because we all had that house. And so just them trying to get the ball in the erector like set situation of trying to like, I was I'm like, that's like one of my favorite parts of the entire movie is just like trying to get this ball back because we all had that. Like I had a favorite Frisbee that always went on our neighbor's roof and they're the neighbor that hated us. It wouldn't ever go on any of the other roofs. And we all were like, okay, rock, paper, scissor, who is going to go ask the lady if we can get the Frisbee this time, because you may not come home. Like you, you this might be the end for you. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and and our, our, my kids, I don't know if we'll ever know that because they don't spend enough time outside to do that. But uh, <laughs> like, it's true. There was always that house in the neighborhood. And, and oh, I yeah. love that this plays up on that. And then they find out that like, the guy that lives there is totally nice and would have been fine going out and getting their ball or letting them go out and get the ball. The, the dog was a totally nice dog. And like they had this whole legend. And I love, I love when Squints is telling the story about the junkyard and the dog ate people and all this other stuff, because I remember having those conversations with my friends. Well, did you hear about so-and-so down the street? And he had this, and, like we make up these stories. Like there's no truth to them whatsoever, but everybody in the neighborhood knows it because it's been told a million times over. You know? Right. Exactly. It's so great. So um, let's see. It looks like we have a comment for Marshall over there, Jake. Oh man. Can you see it? I don't think, I don't think here I'll click on it. I'll show it. All right, Marshall, I used to play neighborhood baseball as a kid at the yard of the Judd house from TBAA and sugar house. Nice. Who is that? Oh, Noel Espinoza. Yeah. Yeah. Noel Espinoza. So so Noel worked on touch by an angel with me. Also the location manager on that uh, show for years. Um, and uh, he and I work together, and that's good that he's uh, tuning in here. Uh, oh, by the way, Shane just mentioned message. He's uh, trying to get in. Oh, can you oh, see him, Jake? Can you see Shane at the I, bottom? I I can't. Sometimes people won't click all the way through, so tell him like once he gets to that waiting area to click all the way through, because okay, he might be sitting. 
in a different waiting area, but yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I remember like our neighbors up the street had this playhouse that was like a double decker playhouse. And I remember that it would be the house that we would always go to for the sleepovers. Right. Um, right. If, if my mom would let us. And, um, <laughs> sometimes we could just go hang out at night, but we had to be back, you know, by a certain time we couldn't sleep over. But I remember all the kids telling whatever legend story was like <laughs> in our neighborhood. Right. And it was always about the same house that looks like the haunted house that's up on the hill. Mm -hmm. Um, so I feel, I just feel like this movie is like, they sat around the table and they thought of every fun kid memory, that they all had, right? right? Just every fun kid memory. And then they brought it to life because it's, it's just so relatable. And of course, like the most remember, the most memorable quote, um, which I usually have my shirt on, you're killing me smalls um, <laughs> is usually the shirt I'm wearing, but um, I couldn't find it. But I mean, I love, it. I mean, you're killing me smalls. I think everyone <laughs> has, even if you've never seen this movie, you, you have know that used line. that line. You know it. You've used it. Like it's it's a thing. Yeah. My daughter uses it before she even saw the movie. She knew of it. So <laughs> yeah, I I love the moment when when he's trying to. He's like, I, we got to get that ball back. It's signed by some lady. I. It's really important <laughs> to my. I think her name was Ruth. Like Babe ba Ruth. Like, who's that? <laughs> like all the nicknames that they have for him and. Um, I mean, you could tell he just ha he had no idea about anything and he'd never been in a group of friends like that. And so for him to be part of that, it was awesome. But yeah, I, there's so many quotes from this every time. So my dad will have us over uh, in the summer and we'll do s'mores a lot. And every time we do s'mores, he says something about how can I have some s'more or how can I have s'more yet if I haven't had any or whatever. And I'm like, oh my gosh, dad. And he quotes it like every time, every time. <laughs> That's all. How can I have s'more if I haven't had any? <laughs> well, how are we um, doing? Shane, Shane says he's there, but uh, I, I, I tried to oh. walk through it, but he says he's uh, waiting for us or standing by. I don't know. Oh. You need to send a link to him or what? But uh, anyway, he said he's like thinks he's in. Oh, because usually it would pop up like down below here, but yeah, I don't know. we usually can see can him. See face, hmm, it's interesting. I um, let me try going back out and back in and see if he pops in there. So okay, hold on. Well, and I, I can I resend you the link. I really like what you said, Val. Is it really does that that script just has this timeless feel to it? It's, it is yeah. so relatable to so many families and so many kids. Yeah. And there were a whole bunch of other movies that were made at the same time that you go back and they just don't have the same, right. you know, like Lester. If they, you can tell. You're like, ah, it doesn't really, it doesn't last as it's, long as this it's one. It's dated. Yeah. Yeah, it's dated. Marshall, I just sent you the link again in case maybe um, you'd, you, I don't know. Okay. But, um, but yeah, I mean... 
the characters are totally relatable. The pool, the pool situation. Like we all remember when our parents first let us go to the pool without them and you walked, right. you know, right. down like ours was, we walked down the canal road to the park, to the pool. Our parents let us go and we felt so old and so cool that we could go. And then, you know, we're all looking for our, our summer crush, the person that, and we're all crushing on the same guy. <laughs> like, it's never like we all have a different guy. Like, we're all drooling over the same guy. And I feel like this is the same. Like, they're all drooling over the same girl, you know. Oh, it her name us. is the best. It reminds me of last summer when we'd have those movies that make us pool parties and we were all drooling over the same guy. It was, you know, that one magical summer. Idris Elba, have. is that who we're talking about? Sure. <laughs> Among others. <laughs> no, Why it's do you true. think this movie, this baseball movie, is one that sticks in people's minds over others? Because, like, there's angels in the outfield and, right. you know, rookie of the year, which rookie of the year actually came out the same year as The Sandlot. Um and it's a cute movie, but it just didn't resonate with me like The Sandlot did, you know? Yeah. I, I, think, um, I think part of it is this was written as a timeless piece. Like, it wasn't, you know, it took place at a specific time, but it was already in the past. So, like you mentioned, Val, it was a period piece. So, those tend to age, I think, a little bit better um, because they're not trying to make references to modern day life. Like, right, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Rookie of the Year, I feel like, just doesn't age well is part of the problem. And it wasn't as well written and well done and well yeah, acted. Yeah. I mean, it was fine, yeah. but it wasn't like... It, it wasn't came out the same year as Rudy as well. Like, Rudy came out that year. So I feel like those are two pretty big sports movies that have heart. Like, I think Rookie of the Year right. was a cute, like, movie for families to kind of sit down and watch. But then it's kind of forgettable. Whereas, like, Sandlot and Rudy... Like there's so, heart to these characters. There's more heart to the story. Well, yeah. Well, the stories are more real. I mean, nobody is going to break their arm and the ligament's right. going to heal in a way that as like a middle schooler, you're going to play baseball in the majors. Like that's just not going right. to happen. But everybody had a group of <laughs> friends that they ran around with. What? You know, and like Rudy, like everybody knows what it's like to want something and want to work for it and have everybody tell you, no, you can't do it and trying to persevere, right? And so those things, I think speak to people a little bit more on, on a on a real level compared to something like rookie of the year. Yeah. Hey hey guys, Shane just said he said he's in the broadcast studio. So he's So he needs to push he needs to go in past that. Okay. Yeah, there, should, there should be a blue button that says enter the broadcast studio okay. and then he should pop yeah. up. Yeah. Okay. Um so I, I think that's probably it. I mean, an angel's in the outfield as I agree, well. Jake. Like I, I like, I mean, I, you know, people believe in angels. I'm not going to call that into question, but like they don't, <laughs> I, I think play baseball and help the LA angels win, you know, just cause they happen to be called the angels. So I, what I, I think anytime, I think most movies and the stories and the movies that, you know, make us are the movies that speak to us on a, on a deeper mm -hmm. level. And those are the ones that mean something. Um, and this, this means something because we all know what it's like to grow up. We all know what it's like to feel like you don't fit in and have that awkward moment of I'm someplace new. I don't know these people. 
Right. Um, and we all know how important it is to have those friends who are going to have your back, regardless of whether or not you can catch a ball, you know? Yeah. Well, it's when you finally find your tribe. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you're not even, you don't even know that you need them or you're looking for them. And I feel like that in Smalls, like he is so awkward. He has no idea where he fits. Um, he's pr basically pushed out of the house, like get out and go do something. Right. <laughs> and so like, he basically has to go make friends, but he has no idea how to do that. And I feel like that's so relatable, especially for kids like in junior high, junior high is awful. Like if you, I always tell people, if you can make it through junior high, you can pretty much do anything. I know that was the worst for, for my kids. <laughs> It's, yeah. when, it's when you're figuring out what, like where you fit in the food chain. Right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's difficult, but yeah, I think like all these kids are so different, but again, they all represent, you know, ever there's somebody in there that represents everyone. Like there were at least two kids that I felt like I, you know, was, was at least half of them um, at some point or another. And, I just thought those these kids for being kid actors and most of them wasn't it like their first ever big motion picture and they rocked it. Like it, usually when you make films they say no kids no animals. Well how about we make a movie with all those things? <laughs> yeah, what I loved about the cast was none of them seemed to be stiff. They all just seemed to be natural like this is the way they the way they were and I think this the screenplay the script itself had a lot to do with that. But I also think David Mickey Evans, who was, of course, the writer, director, narrator, as a director, I saw some of the behind the scenes footage and I was like, wow, he really worked them. He really got into what it meant to be one of these kids, you know, because he lived it. This was his life. Too. Yeah. I wonder, Jake, is if because we're already going live, if it won't let someone new in, but it should, right? Mm -hmm. like, I've never it's had good. that happen before. I know, like, if he has an iPhone, if he's doing it from his phone, I know that was a problem with us last time, Marshall. But I mean, if he's there, he should be able to get in. It's yeah, he said he's in the broadcast studio, but I, I said, did you enter your name? And anyway, I don't, I don't know at this point what okay. to do. Dang it. Oh, shoot. Um, unless, yeah, I, unless I, I go out completely, if, if it would allow him in. It, um, I mean, it should it should allow more than, than four. Yeah, we um, usually can get six to ten in here, so. Yeah. Okay. Do you want me to pop out for a second? Yeah, pop out, Tracy. I mean. <laughs> there's Shane right there on your picture. <laughs> there he is. Talk to us, Shane. Talk yeah, to us. On, <laughs> we need you. Yeah. So when you used to be the film commissioner, Marshall, and yes. you would go out and a big part of your job was to tell people to come and shoot movies here in Utah. And I always remember like going to um, 
the film commission events and you'd have all these posters up of movies that were shot here and Sandlot was always like front and center and people always talked about it. I mean, there's been some pretty big movies shot here, but for some reason people are like, oh yeah, the Sandlot, you know, like it wasn't the biggest movie at the time. Like it's the same year that like Tombstone came out and like I said, Rudy, like all of these movies that were kind of bigger at the box office that Sandlot, but it seems like people still always focused on that one. Well, yeah, like you said, it was, it's like, it's like the, the state movie, you know, and uh, I mean, a lot of people would say, well, I didn't, I had no idea that was filmed in Utah. I had no idea that was Salt Lake City, you know, and, and then you have to explain them. They go, oh yeah. Okay. But yeah, because in the movie it says, you know, the San Fernando Valley, Los Angeles, you know, Benny was a Dodger, wore a Dodgers hat. So automatically your mind as a movie viewer is thinking, oh, this is the San Fernando Valley, you know? We're right. uh, in, we're in California, but the reality of it is uh, they were here, and how they found the Sandlot is kind of an interesting story. Um, mm -hmm. they, uh, the film commission rented a helicopter and they flew over a bunch of neighborhoods to try to find that intimate that intimate space that was you know as described in the script the, the kind of hidden area where these guys could go play baseball and not really be seen by anybody else. So they put them in the air and, and flew around and, and spotted this, uh, spotted this from the air. Um, Shane just sent me a note saying I keep trying to get in and I can't. <laughs> so I don't oh, know. Shoot. I'm, I'm wondering at this point, if maybe like we stop and then we go live again. I mean, we still that have works. about 15 minutes left of our well, I really definitely want to grab him. He's, he's yeah, I do. Five, I so. do too. So, right. and maybe it's yeah. because I sent the link. I don't know that that would be a thing because it's from the same hey, yeah. link. So but maybe if we all like we start a new session. Yeah. Perfect. All right, viewers and listeners, we're going to take a break. <laughs> and I don't know how I'm going to put this together on the podcast audio, but we'll make it work. So we're going to end this. But everybody stick It'll around. Because we're going to go, go live again in just a minute. So everybody yeah. stick this around. This is COVID computer nonsense. That's <laughs> right. Okay, this is going to be part two coming up. Hey. You and your car, Marshall? <laughs> All right. I can never seem to be in a place like where I'm settled. But yes, I'm in my car. I had to pull over on the side of the road. <laughs> you animal. Welcome, welcome back, everybody. Um, we are back. This is part two of Sandlot because we've got our special guest with us, Shane Obedzinski from the movie. Shane, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. How are you? Thanks for, Thanks for being right. here. You, Everybody at once, we're so excited. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. We, we all love this movie. And so having an opportunity to talk to you uh, about your experience being in the movie and on set and everything else is going to be awesome. And, and we just really appreciate you taking the time uh, yeah, to be no. here with us. So easy peasy. Now, Thank you. Now, Shane, explain if maybe there's one person listening that for any reason, they have not seen this movie, and we ask you, what are your life choices? But explain to them who your character is um, and what your favorite thing is about your character from The Sandlot. Uh, I played Tommy Repeat Simmons. Uh, I was basically the younger brother. I had the easiest script. I got to repeat my brother the whole time. 
So it was uh, it was more fun than anything. I literally goofed off the whole time. No, um, <laughs> kind of. We kind of all did. That's kind of how it went down. Um, well, and I think I think that comes through on the show too. Like when you watch the movie, it looks like you guys are just having a ton of fun. That's right. kind of what we think helped make the movie so popular for so long. I mean, it's still going. Obviously, we we literally had the best summer of our lives, and. And David, the director, caught it on film, and people relate to it. So we're lucky, and it's it's lucky for everyone. Shane, I think that your character is one of the most relatable characters if you're a middle child or the youngest child, because Definitely. this was like our the oldest kid always like got to do everything first. So we had to be annoying. This was like our only thing that we could do that we had in our pocket was to be the annoying repeater like that. That was our thing. But your character brings it to a level of almost you were Groot before Groot was Groot. This is how I feel. That's this. the best compliment I've ever gotten. Hear me That's out though. Like, <laughs> because Groot can say the same thing over and over in a different tone to make it mean something different. And your brother would say something, but then right. when you said it in a different tone, it was almost like a whole different line or relation. So I feel like Groot learned that. from you. <laughs> you know, I'm stealing that. I'm I'm taking that. <laughs> uh, Marvel Universe, the Guardians of the Galaxy, are all because of us. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. I think that's reasonable. I think that's, that's right on. <laughs> Vin Diesel needs to give you some money. Yeah, yeah. We, we'll, we'll practice together next time. We'll go over the lines together. So he'll say, I am Groot, and then you'll just repeat him? Is that the... Basically. Or maybe we'll switch up. He'll repeat me. I'll say, I am Groot, and he'll just, you know... Perfect. I can teach that man a lot. Yes, I think I, think I agree. Thank you. <laughs> We were talking so, about how timeless this movie is, Shane. And you started this movie when you were a young kid a couple years mm -hmm. ago with the 25th anniversary. And you've been traveling since you got done shooting this movie. Like, I feel like almost every year or every other year, meeting fans, talking about the movie, because it never went away. It never got old. How was it growing up, like, as this being almost like your second person like you're this kid at right. home but then everybody else knows you as this person you do you kind of like mesh as you're as you're growing up into did you ever get lost in it i guess see it was weird because when the movie came out it did okay in theaters but not incredible and then it went on and we you know we lived our lives and it wasn't until maybe my late teens or so maybe almost 10 years later where people would mention it and talk about it and, and have stories and really connect with it and then, of course, repeat lines to you and whatnot. And me and the boys were like, what is going on? Why is this movie so – what's going on? And then, you know, next thing you know, we're on shirts in the mall. There's action figures of us. <laughs> and then we realized that we were part of something bigger than, bigger than we were and then bigger than what we had ever imagined. And that's when it started to become more of a – I guess, as you put it, more of a reflection of us because it was a responsibility to – to be gracious and grateful for this thing we're a part of. And so many people love it and being on the road and traveling and all that stuff is just better than we could have imagined. 
That's awesome. Now you mentioned you and the boys. So are have you guys remained relatively close since the filming? I mean, what, what has a, that relationship a, been like? There was a good amount of time where we didn't talk. I, some of us hadn't seen each other in person until the 20th anniversary back in Utah when we met Marshall for the first time. And pretty much since then, especially since like the 24th, 25th anniversary, it's every day we're talking. We have a group chat. We talk every day. Nice. It could just be for, you know, friends to be friends, but a lot of times it's business trying to plan stuff. You know, we're, mm -hmm. we're very lucky, but yeah, we, uh, we're still best friends and it's very odd, but super cool. That's awesome. <laughs> and now you can tell awesome. them that you are grouped. So. Right. Oh, I, trust <laughs> me. They are going to hear about this tonight. <laughs> Now, Marshall, you have met, you've been on a lot of sets. You've met a lot of casts of movies. One of my favorites, so The Sandlot, yes, one of my favorite. Also, Electric Boogaloo Man, like another one of my favorite movies. It's so, a Jake just like, whatever. Marshall what, knows. What? Marshall I'm just trying to see where we're going with this, Val. That's all. I'm just. Well, I grew up just, on that movie. He's just been a part of like a lot of movies that are like these cornerstones of our lives growing up. You know what I mean? Like Sandlot, we can relate to. I relate to, you know, Electric Boogaloo as well as this movie, but he's just wow. been a part of a lot of odd movies that kind of relate to us growing up. But you remain friends with like you and Shane are now like friends. That doesn't always happen that you meet people that you really connect with when you're doing stuff like this. Well, first of all, it's real easy to be friends with Shane. He's he's just the kind of guy that you want to hang out with. And from Thank day you, one, well, the day, day one that I met him, you know, back on the 20th anniversary, as he mentioned, uh, I felt kind of a connection to Shane. I mean, I feel it with the other guys too, but Shane was open, conversational, friendly. I got to know his mom, you know, and he would do things outside of the realm of the event. Like he would, uh, you know, we'd go to lunch or we'd go uh, do an interview. Uh, we did an interview in Park City together. You know, he came up and visited the studio. So we did extracurricular oh, yeah. things on top of the uh, things that involved the event. So with the other guys, I, I know them, you know, I hung out with them, but I didn't spend any extra time with them. And that's, that's the great thing about, about Shane. He just gives so much of his time and his heart to, to this movie and to the fans. And that, that's why I connected with him. Thanks, Marshall. That was nice. <laughs> well, well it's true. And, and Shane, I did tell the story earlier. Uh, you missed it about how this, the 20th came to be. Uh, are, are you familiar with that story? I don't think so. If okay. there's a quick, yeah, give me the, the cliff notes. I'll recap it real quick. The guys heard it in the first segment. But basically, we ran a, a series of movies at the state capitol called Movie Under the Stars. And, uh, you know, my, my job as the uh, director of the film commission was to showcase movies made in Utah. So I made sure the Sandlot was shown in the very first year of our partnership uh, with the state capitol. And as I got up on stage to introduce the movie and talk about its history, uh, there happened to be a reporter in the crowd uh, named Bill Orem who took notes when I said something to the effect, wouldn't it be great if we took this big blow-up screen and put it right in the heart of the Sandlot filming location where it was actually filmed? Because they had done this with Field of Dreams, you know. They've shown right. Field of Dreams on Field of Dreams. And I said, well, we have our own 
we have our own field of dreams right here. It's called the Sandlot. And uh, so I, I kind of said, let's let's do that two years from now. Let's get this screen and, and put it on the Sandlot and show it to the fans and bring in the cast. And so Bill Orham wrote this article saying, hey, the director of the Film Commission plans to have this 20th anniversary event and bring in the cast and show the movie on the on the field where it was filmed. And and that's when Glendale Community, where the, of course, as you know, where the Sandlot is, right. called me and said, we want to support this event, uh, start coming to our council meetings. And that's that was the origins of the, the 20th anniversary, which I think helped. A little I didn't bit know that with the with the revival. Yeah, that was the first one. And of course, the 25th was just expected. <laughs> right. And it was huge. I mean, all that stuff you guys did was just it's such a big event you guys pull off. And you mentioned Field of Dreams. I've been to Field of Dreams with the boys. Yeah. Oh, way cool. Cooler. Way cooler. That's true. <laughs> That's actually, I, I've seen the Field of Dreams, too. And it's kind of been turned into this, like, course stop. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's just not as cool. I agree. No, it's coming not. out of the corn is pretty cool. But yeah. finding the sandlot, you got to go through someone's backyard, like hop a fence. <laughs> like, even if you're allowed to go there, it still feels dangerous. And, and the lady's cool. like hitting with you with a broom as you're trying to get over the fence. Like, get out of but my no, yard. You're supposed to be here. Stop it. Yeah. Well, like, there's a way to get in without hopping the fence, but why? Like, you have to hop the fence to really get onto the sandlot. Right. Marshall, yeah. if we do the if we do a thirtieth thing, that should be like the way to get in. Everyone who has yes. to hop the fence. It's perfect. Just, I mean, probably wouldn't. That's work. a great idea. We're going to do that. Uh, that's Shane. That's twenty twenty three. Just so you know, we're going to book you now. Deal. I'm in. <laughs> what What could possibly go wrong by requiring people to hop a fence to get there? It'll be fine. <laughs> Insurance will be no problem. <laughs> it was all Marshall's idea, not mine. So it's yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, now we, we heard it here first. Totally Marshall's Shane. idea. Shane, can I ask you a question about the making of the movie? Go ahead, man. I, I know I'm not supposed to be asking the questions, but no, you can. Like There's no rules. <laughs> so, can yeah. you tell us what it was like uh, working, like with David Mickey Evans as the director? How he got those performances out of out of all of you? Well, I, I, I every time that that kind of question comes up, I have a story that I think will answer your question and sum it up perfectly. When we were going to film the scene in the carnival where we had to get on the ride and we eventually threw up and whatever, whatnot, we all knew that scene was coming and some of us were excited. Some of us, including myself, were, were nervous to go on this ride because, you know, we were kids, whatever. Right. So right before we were filming, I remember David took us all one by one in private and said, are you okay to do this? Are you comfortable? Are you, you know, are you okay? And he made me, I can't speak for the other boys, but he made me, and I was scared, totally fine with doing whatever he asked because I trusted him. And he made this 10-year-old boy who was scared to go on this ride trust him. And that's how I think it felt for everyone the entire shoot. I mean, we goofed off. We had fun i'm sure he wasn't always happy with us but he treated us <laughs> like like maybe we were we were big stars on some big budget film and he he made sure we were comfortable and in that gratitude we all wanted to give him the best best we could and i remember getting on the ride and i was nervous but when you know action gets called i did my best and i hope it came out like i wasn't scared but 
I wanted to make him proud. And that's, I think he made us all feel like he was on our side. So working with him was awesome. And that's why I think he's done so many films with kids and animals and all that, that have been successful because he, yeah. he makes you feel good. And that's awesome. Well, and I, and I think it definitely comes through because I think when you look at films like this that have a, a larger uh, ensemble cast as far as kids go, there's usually a couple of performances in there where you're like, yeah, you know, it wasn't great. I mean, they're kid actors and they're not professionals like doing this for years and years, obviously. Right. But right. when you watch this movie, there's not a performance where you're like, I mean, he got the best out of everybody in the whole film. And I think it really it comes through. It's super yeah. high quality. and just amazing. Yeah. You guys did an excellent job. Thank you. That's I mean, maybe a little bit of us, but that's all David. He did a great job wrangling and stuff. He called us like wrangling cats one time, he said. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. So, I mean, I, he's got the magic touch, and, and we wanted to make him proud. So I feel it like easy. it's more like puppies because puppies have way more fun than cats. Um, they're a little bit more difficult to deal with, but they're always happy at the end of the day. So I think wrangling puppies is a lot better. Cats are kind of jerks. I don't like. Cats. I mean, I'm not a cat fan, but that's yeah. That was that's his quote, so whatever. I, I'm gonna change I don't know. I think there's something to the cat thing, Val. Having almost a full baseball team at home myself, it's uh -huh. it's pretty You're close right. to wrangling cats. Yeah, Shane, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's he's got six kids. Oh yeah. boy. Yeah. <laughs> so I get I get the wrangling cats bit. Cats just don't listen. That's the problem. Like dogs, are like sit, <laughs> stay, and, you know. Yep. Cats and cats are whatever. <laughs> Awesome. Oh my gosh. Nice. Okay. So we got Tracy's favorite quote of the movie. Marshall, do you have a favorite quote of the movie? Jake, be thinking of yours. Shane, be thinking of yours. Oh boy. It was uh, Squint saying, if you were thinking, you wouldn't have thought that. Oh yes. You did <laughs> yeah, say yeah, that. Right. If you were yeah. thinking. You <laughs> Jake, do you have one? Man, I'm, I'm trying to think my favorite line. I, I mean, the one that always sticks out to me is again from, from squint with the forever. When anybody says forever, that whole scene is just so well done. And, and uh, so that line sticks out to me probably. <laughs> How about you, Shane? I mean, you were in it. It doesn't even have to be you, but do you have a favorite kind of quote from the movie? When I was younger, it used to be when Pat says, or, or Ham says, Bacon like a toasted cheeser because <laughs> yes. I didn't understand that. I thought it was just ridiculous and it made me laugh. As I got older and maybe more sentimental with the movie, it's heroes get remembered and legends never die, which is the easy yes. answer. But mm -hmm. for me, it means it's so much. And, and David, the director, one time we were doing an interview together and the, the, the interviewer person asked me what it was like to grow up in the public eye of the, you know, from that movie and whatnot. And they compared it to Harry Potter and how they grew up. And, you know, I answered it. And then he said, no, you didn't grow up. You are forever going to be that age and that person because of this. And he said the line again, and that made me think, holy crap, you know, we didn't wow. grow up like the Harry Potter kids in, on the camera. We, we're however he put it we're enshrined as those characters forever so we'll we'll never die and you know that to me was the best best thing i ever heard awesome. i still think the best part is when and it's just probably his face but when he's like do you think she'll go out with me like <laughs> <laughs> do you 
think she'll go out with me. Like, I just love. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff. That movie's, <laughs> you can quote the whole movie sometimes. It's it's really good. It's crazy. Nice. Shane, how long what? was the shooting schedule? I think it was like, I remember 42 days. I, I, something like that. Marshall might even know. That and, and by the way, that was, uh, you might, I mean, that was a studio movie. That was 20th Century Fox. You had a, yeah. you had a decent, you had a decent budget there. You know, it might have been on the <laughs> lower end of some of their bigger, you know, uh, blockbuster type movies, tentpole movies. Right. But, um, but that was a pretty decent budget for a movie. You know, about uh, sandlot baseball with a bunch of kids that didn't have. I mean, you had. Let's see, who did you have as your name value in that movie? You had. Uh, uh, let's see. James uh, Earl Jones. James Earl Jones. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kirstie Alley. No. Karen no. Allen. Kirstie Alley. Yeah. So you you didn't have a lot. What I'm saying is you didn't have a lot of huge names. Of course, James Earl Jones is a big name, but he was right. only yeah. in it, you know, at the end. But uh, yeah, that was uh, it. Was all really about the, the characters and the story and the, and and the script and the performances. Yeah, you got lucky. And baseball. Yeah. And baseball. We can't forget that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, I feel like the town was as much of a character as all of the kids were. Like, as you're going through that small town, and especially when you live in a place like Utah or Colorado or, like, the Midwest, like, we all know that there's a town that's at least 20 to 30 minutes from us that kind of looks like that, you know, that we know somebody from. If we don't live there, our aunt right. lives there, or our grandma lives there. And so I feel like that town was such a great choice because you could have picked a sandlot in a suburb in a bigger city, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And not right. have like those cool places that had such personality. Um, and it, it was just such a great choice. It was far enough away to remain some sort of a fantasy to younger kids, but familiar with the older crowd. And it worked for both. So, mm -hmm. yes. Yep. I wonder what that would, what, what was that like? I mean, how many, I don't know that you've done, a, that you had done a lot of films before The Sandlot, Shane, but what was it like to know, okay, I'm going to go on this big studio film and we're going to Salt Lake City, Utah, the exotic and wonderful <laughs> Salt Lake City, Utah? See, at, at that point, I had, I had done a couple films and I, I did My Girl, I think, right before. Hmm. Sandlot, but I remember okay. the, the the script was bigger. You know, this was a script that I was in. I was in the entire thing, so the the responsibility going there was was I knew it was larger, but I was mm -hmm. still dumb enough and young enough to just think of it as an as an adventure. So hanging out in Utah was awesome. I got a lot of weird <laughs> memories from filming that movie in Utah. <laughs> like when I hang out with Marshall, we drive around and. Uh, it's it's cool to see that place and some of the places we were. How was the yeah. dog in person? Did you all spend good time with the dog? What's up, Zane? How are you? Um, <laughs> how was the dog in person? The dog in person was awesome. I mean, it was a giant dog, uh, mm -hmm. friendly. Um, I remember when they did the scene where he had to lick uh, Small's face at the end. Uh -huh. You know, we they put... I think it was peanut butter all on the side of his face oh. <laughs> and you couldn't see it because the camera, but we were all just sitting there on the, you know, off, off screen, just blown away that this dude's got peanut butter all over the face and that dog is going to town. <laughs> there was a, a couple dogs, one for the big shots, one for the running. Uh, I think there was three dogs, 
But uh, oh, I was going to ask, cool. was it just one? But it was three dogs. Two I have to or say, three, I'm not, I can't remember. I'm not a fan of like a dog licking my face, but then you add putting peanut butter on my face at the same time. <laughs> Makes oh, yeah. it better, doesn't it? It's like, no, like no. way better. Peanut Next butter time you watch the dog, movie, it's... just think of the peanut butter on his face and oh, you'll enjoy it just a little yeah. more. Oh, man. <laughs> no. <laughs> you gotta no. do what you gotta do to get the dog to do what you wanted to do, right? You know, yeah. Why not? <laughs> so you said you've got some good memories. What are what are some that you might share with us from from filming uh, your experience here in town uh, with the crew, the cast? There, we were set up in, and I can't remember what it was called. I would love to to drive there next time I'm there. But we were set up in an, like an apartment complex. Uh, somewhere and mm -hmm. across the street was the movie theater, which everyone's heard stories about that movie theater and then a grocery store. And behind it was a mountain. And I remember we used to have to run across the highway or the street to get to the movie theater and the grocery store. And there's a mountain behind it. And I being from Florida, it's all flat. I don't see mountains. Mm -hmm. So to me, it was like this majestic magical <laughs> place. And I got to, hang out in this apartment complex, go swimming, hang out with my friends and then run across the street, which we probably shouldn't have been doing. No. <laughs> go sneak into, to go sneak into movies and, and hang kids, out. Do not do this. Kids do not do this. Yeah. Don't, it was don't a, ever do that. It was a different time. It was safe to do that in the nineties. It was fun. No, it was not. It was never safe to run across Listen, the freeway. Kids, kids can't go back to the nineties. They're not going to know. We can say it was safe and fun. It's totally fun. <laughs> <laughs> there was Eight actually guys. 10 of us, but the highway took out one of us. That's why there's nine. Oh, <laughs> <I'm just laughs> that, went, that went real dark, real fast. Shane. Yeah, <laughs> not funny. The secrets, the secrets on our show that you're coming out. <laughs> That's awesome. I would imagine that, that the nine of you together got into a little bit of trouble every now and then, I'm sure. It uh, sounds like did. it. Some of it's kind of documented, but we were 10, 11 year old kids that were best of friends. So yeah, we, we did some stupid stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Who was, was the fun. biggest troublemaker on set that just really, not that they were a bad kid, but just kind of really wanted to have more fun than maybe you should have. Hmm. I think Marshall might know who I want to say. I do. <laughs> but as no, as far as having a good time, I remember it was Victor who was my brother, and then uh, Chauncey who played Squints. I always remember them kind of being the goofy ones, the cool ones, the ones we kind of thought were the, you know, besides Benny, of course, the ones that we thought were the cool ones to make us laugh. So. They, they were they were keeping us together the most. They might have been the most influential <laughs> to get us in trouble, but it was good, you know. <laughs> nice. We're getting all the dirt. All the dirt. It's coming out. Get it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Val, that's your one warning. I'm just telling you, one more pun like that, and you're you're out of here. I liked it. I know it's usually Tracy. Tracy thinks Yeah, Tracy's fun. usually the I'm a fan the of the bad one. Come on. <laughs> oh my gosh, this has been like so fun. Um if you 
could tell the fans anything that you think that they should know that we haven't talked about tonight. Like what's one thing that's like your favorite thing that you like to share with people that maybe we didn't ask you about? Uh, hmm. If, maybe not asking it. Maybe it's not a question you could ask, but one thing that me and the boys always try to get our fans to, to know and understand is how much we appreciate them. Like when we go to conventions and we do events and there's hundreds of people hanging out in line with photos and paintings they drew and just amazing things that they've put together to show us. Sometimes they even give them to us as gifts. We are ridiculously thankful for all the love they have for us and letting us into their lives and sharing, you know, us with their family and passing it on. Cause it's the greatest gift we could have ever asked for as not just as actors, but it's just as people. And they have these stories they share with us. And some of them are heartbreaking and some of them are magical. And we're all so thankful that, you know, for them. So if there's anything, it's just, Thank you for, for loving this movie that we're a part of. That was such a great sentiment. And to that, I say, Jake, Zane, has this, so suck it. That's where you're going to follow it up with. Like, it. It's perfect to go with this. Perfect. All right. This movie is pretty much take that and suck it. Wow. Wow. <laughs> um. Well, oh, Marshall, Marshall wants to cue in. Marshall wants to cue in real quick. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Sorry, I keep on the wrong. Go ahead, Marshall. I'm sorry. That's okay. To what Shane just said, I was a firsthand witness, and I mentioned it when Shane was off earlier, but uh, that, you know, we showed the movie on the Sandlot, and during the entire movie, they signed autographs for people in the course of this line, went all the way around the Sandlot, like a big circle, probably twice. And then the movie ended, and we were supposed to send everybody home. And uh, the cast, you know, agreed to stay and sign for every last person. I think we got off the Sandlot at 1 a.m. They agreed, wow. Amongst wow. Uh, agreed amongst themselves to to meet and greet and sign everything that everybody brought. And I just wow. had so much respect for all those guys at that point. Um, and they did it twice. They did it at the 20th and they did it at the 25th. And uh, to me, that's that, that's what Shane, exactly what he was saying, the connection with the fans as human beings and giving of their, their time and their hearts to the people who care so much about this movie. It's a pleasure every single time. It's, a, it's an absolute pleasure. I don't care how long we're there. If they have, If they want to meet us and share something with us, and it's, I want to do it as much as they do. I'd, I would have stayed there all night and I, I speak for all the boys. We would have been there all night if we had to. Wow. That's awesome. Are we going to grade we're, the movie with like a star from the movie here? We're, we got to grade, <laughs> grade the movie at the end of every episode. So we're going to grade this movie in front of you. No hard feelings. No, no, no. It's okay. <laughs> I don't care. I'm nervous now to hear what you're going to say, Val, but what grade would you give this film? <laughs> <laughs> no, I give, no, I give this movie a solid B plus. Like it is across the board, like a movie that I could watch all the time. Like B plus a minus movie. You know, I don't bear, I barely give A's to anything, but like right. I 
I'm going to move it to an A minus because I can pretty much anytime this movie is on, if I'm shuffling through stations and the Sandlot is on, I'm going to stop and watch it from wherever it is. I don't even have to start it from the beginning. I'm just going to finish watching this movie. If someone tells me that they haven't seen this movie, I almost demand that they go watch it. Um, and <laughs> I feel like it's a rite of passage. Like every kid needs to see this movie. Every parent needs to see this movie. Um, yeah, I think it's the only reason why I wouldn't give it like an A plus is because I mean, I kind of feel like I or any girl from that time, but I was the right age. My friends were some stand-ins in that movie. I feel like I should have been in it and there should have been a girl in, in the group. That's, that's all I'm there saying. I know it's not your fault, but I just lot. feel like I should have been I, original man. A lef, I'm a lefty. It would have made a lot of sense. So <laughs> awesome. at, least, at least we've got nice. a good reason why it's not an A plus. Well, if this if this TV show that, if this TV show that they ever that we keep talking about and keep working on ever gets off the ground again, then 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 you're gonna be an extra for sure, if not more. I'll make yes. it happen. Yes. <laughs> Witness. Boom. All right, Tracy, what do you give this film? I I, I have a lot of nostalgia for this movie. Um, when it came out, I was just starting to work in the at the video store, the Video Shark, and. Uh, we could only watch PG and G movies in the uh, in the monitors around the store, and this was one that we could all get along. Usually, the guys wanted certain movies and the girls wanted certain movies, but this one everybody could enjoy. A um, lot of it holds up extremely well. Um, like we were saying, it's really kind of a timeless story. I'm going to go A minus. Nice. And what about you, yeah. JP? I, I, I would put this as a solid A for me just because I think I was the right age when it came out. It was one that I grew up watching over and over again, and it never gets old. And I've enjoyed so much sharing it with my boys um, and my girls um, as as they've gotten a little bit older and, and have watched it. Um, and it just holds up so well for them, too. And we've even watched uh, The Sandlot, too, which I do need to give a shout out to because my son loves it because of Fingers who is deaf and uses sign language. And so does my son. So like, there's something like this whole cool. started and the foundation that it built. It's just awesome. So Very yeah, cool. I would give it an A. Thanks guys. How about you, Marshall? I'm going to make you grade this movie. Wow. Well, that's, not, <laughs> that's not hard for me. When I was the director of the Utah film commission, people would ask me often what my favorite made in Utah movie was. And I didn't ever hesitate to answer the Sandlot. So it gets an A plus. It gets an nice. A plus as, as a movie, but it also gets uh, an A plus for what it has done for our state, an A plus for what it has done for my kids, how much they loved it and have watched it through the years. And now the grandkids, of course, are watching it. So it, it gets an A plus because of uh, heroes get remembered and legends never die. You know, uh, I think this is the first straight A movie we've ever had on the show that got straight I think A's. So. I think so. That's awesome. Go, go team. 70, 71 years <laughs> later, and we finally got straight A. Well, this movie's legendary. That's for sure. Yeah. I, Thanks, I agree. Well, we appreciate Marshall and Shane, both of you being here uh, for this. Yes. Uh, it has been incredible to hear your stories, Shane, from, from making the movie. Uh, and you. just great to talk with you. Um, we, we really appreciate it. 
Um, everybody listening, if you have any feedback for us, uh, you can send that to podcast at movies that make us.com. Uh, you can also comment right here uh, on the video on Facebook. Uh, also, we just want to remind everybody that coming up in September, we do have Utah remote con that Solandroids media is putting on, uh, which is going to be a lot of fun. We have more details coming out this week. The schedule should be coming out and we'll get links up for the American cancer society that we're raising money for. So uh, everybody oh, looking for cool. that. And thank so, you, Marshall. Thank you, Shane. Yes. Thank, thank you, you so much. And uh, everybody else, uh, we won't we won't see you at the movies. No. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.